I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational Storylines, Picks, and Sleepers. Joining me today, we'll start, we'll bring them in one at a time, is Kyle Porter. What up, KP? Well, I, do you guys want – I had a dream last night about Jordan Speed. Do you guys want that now or later? <laughs> Let's just do oh, it now. So, <laughs> not making this up. Uh, I had a dream that he won a tr- he won a tournament. Uh, you can timestamp this, Jacob. By the way, won a tournament at Pebble, but it wasn't the Pro Am and it wasn't the U.S. Open. I think it was the Greenbrier, which is weird. I don't really know why they were playing the Greenbrier at Pebble, but uh, I don't know if that's weirder or if him winning is weirder. Um, but I I was so excited that I woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep. It was unbelievable. It was that real. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> I, I've only I've only ever had one golf kind of winning. I, I had a dream that Keegan Bradley won a golf tournament at 66 to one. And <laughs> I I woke up and saw that he was actually like 70 to one and I bet him and he like missed the cut like 77, <laughs> 77. And it was never <laughs> that's the only time I've ever had a golf dream. Mark, Mark Immelman also with us. Mark, do you have golf dreams? Uh, yeah, sometimes, but I didn't <laughs> dream about Spieth last night. So maybe I should try what Carl's on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, look, we're in the stretch run of the golf season here, and um, things are all getting kind of exciting. We all, we're on the doorstep of a major championship, but yes. first the WGC event and, and Carl's favorite place in the union. Okay. Right. Yes, this gotta, is a nice gotta bring that up. Nice little appetizer <laughs> before the PGA Championship. Couple housekeeping items. Don't forget we're on YouTube. Make sure to smash that subscribe button over on YouTube. Turn on your notifications so that you can get up to the minute hot spicy takes from all of us. You can visit youtube.com/firstcut podcast. Also, there is a Barracuda Championship. You can see my Ryder Cup cup there you go, the Ryder Cup Cup. How about that? The Ryder Cup Cup. Look at that. 2016. Love it. Oh, that was a good year. That was a good year. Uh, Barracuda Championship preview up on YouTube right now. Helpful for your one and dones. If you need picks, we got a couple over there for you. Gentlemen, the strength of field for this week is another one of these great fields. We have just been spoiled since the tour has come back. Mark, we've got 45 of the top 50 players in the world. We've got 27 of the top 30 in your favorite currency, FedEx Cup points, in the field. (laughs) And John Rahm making his debut as the number one player in the world. This is a deep one. FedEx Cup currency in uh, the the land of the FedEx headquarters. They're right alongside, in fact. Uh, Yeah, look. We've been treated to field strength, but the last few weeks, I mean, some of the golf courses have been awesome too. And Southwind has long been one of my favorites. I mean, it was a place that, you know, back in the day used to get absolutely ripped by all and sundry. You'd have to go in there and shoot like 20, 25 under. It was bent grass greens and they had to water them during the heat of the Memphis summer to keep these things alive. And so for a PGA Tour player, um, it was just open season. 
then it was redone. Uh, Lauren Roberts was involved there, and they put in Champions Bermuda, and they they changed the uh, one, two, three, fourth hole to a from a five to a four, uh, and it's just a good test, man. I tell you what, you, you better bring bring game. And so I'm excited to see these guys go around there because we've seen them on and off Bermuda grass, but this is like true Bermuda now in the heat of the. The, the United States summer. So it's going to be all sorts of fun. Yeah. This has been a staple on the PGA tour, whether it was the FedEx St. Jude classic, then getting the elevation to the WGC, the invitational version of this Kyle. So this is not only a course that we know, but ev- everybody in the world is here. And this, this feels like now all the top players, they're, they're in the starting blocks. They're ready to go because this is, this starts the sprint. You've got WGC PGA championship, FedEx Cup playoffs for the guys that are going to go for that. I, I mean, this is where, like, this is it. We're, we're about to go full speed ahead here. Yeah, Tiger, seven-time winner uh, of this tournament uh, at, yeah, at Southland. Right. Uh, <laughs> he also uh, won the one in Mexico about nine times as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. He's won, he's won all over the world. Uh, <laughs> I think my question about some of this, is, I'm a, I'm – I'm not. I guess I'm not surprised that everybody's playing, but but maybe a little bit. It's been such a torrid run. You know, everybody's playing Travelers. Everybody's playing uh, RBC Heritage. Everybody's playing Memorial, and then you got the PGA next week across the country. I'm a little surprised that 45 of the top 50 are playing. Am I alone in that? Is anybody else a little surprised? I'm not, not really. <laughs> no, I mean some of the some of the blue chip guys, like you get some of the, the guys like Fleetwood and Company. This is only their second go around. So, you know, they're looking to play into some form. You've got a few guys that had last week off. They didn't play Minneapolis. So, you know, it's always nice, in my opinion, to go into a major championship, you know, with some competition under your belt. Now, granted, the two tests are going to be wildly different. Yeah. Um, but, but I just think that, you know, playing a little competition, playing some with some sunshine on your back there in Memphis, so loose the, loosen you up and get a feel for where the game is, I think is a good idea. Uh, one thing I was looking at today, by the way, uh, FedEx Cup standings, your your currency of choice, Mark. Uh, yeah. Jordan Spieth, 91st. Ricky Fowler, 89th. Got some work to do. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, there's only like three tournaments left. Well, look, that's that, that essentially gets them in. Look, they're not going to play their way out of the playoffs, but they're going to have to get busy in the first one at the Northern Trust to make sure they advance. Yeah. Because we go from 125 to 70. Remember, there used to be four, then there was cut to three. So it's 170, uh, 125, cut to 70 for the BMW, then cut to 30 for Atlanta. So uh, it's, it's, it's time to make hay what's, right now. What's, so I, can see, I can see why those guys are playing. What's Ricky's uh, tour card situation? <laughs> I think he's fine. Is when he? did he win last? I don't know. He won, in Phoenix, he won in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah when yeah. was that? That was yeah, last before year. last. And also, yeah. uh, like, it, God forbid he needed sponsors' exemptions. He'd be in every field. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Truth. He's, he also gets truth. that. Uh, he's, like, he's probably like 31st on the all-time money list. So he would, he, 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 he's in for like the next 20 years, I'm sure. Here's a prop bet for you. Ricky Fowler will have a tournament with his name on it within the next, what's he now, 10 years maybe, 15 years? You should, you should years? have to win like – Seven times to for that to happen. Yes, maybe, but he's still going to have it done. <laughs> I know. Whatever. He's the unofficial host of Detroit, basically. Definitely. Uh, I, I think the guaranteed four rounds, Kyle, to your point, is I think it's handy before yeah. a major championship, right? You don't have to worry about the cut sweat on Friday, getting four rounds in. A lot of these guys the need cut reps. sweat or the butt sweat. <laughs> Both. <laughs> it's going it's to be sweaty out there. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, KP, let's jump into your storyline here. Uh, Yours is U.S. Open exemptions being on the line. We saw Michael Thompson cash his ticket to winged foot or punch his ticket to winged foot, and he told us how much he loves that course. He said it's his favorite course. This really is the time of year where, you know, these these exemptions are huge, and guys are, you know, there's only a couple, only a couple a week. Yeah, normally we see this with the Open, right, where uh, they're playing John Deere, they're playing, uh, I guess, Greenbrier used to be right before the Open. So we see it on the European Tour where the top two or three or whatever get into the Open Championship. That's a big deal. This year we're seeing it with the U.S. Open because of the way that they're not having the the sectional and and, uh, local qualifying this year. So I thought it was cool that uh, Michael Thompson got in, Adam Long got in as well last week. And there, I think what's interesting about this week, so you have to be, you have to be in the top 10 and it's the top two 
within the top 10 that aren't already qualified. So there's not a lot of guys in this field that aren't already qualified. If Max Homa top 10s, or if Jazz Jana on and on and on, did I get that, Mark? Was that too, too many? That's good enough. No, that's, yeah, one Bet, too many. Better too many than too few, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. It's like Betty. If he top 10s, then he, the, those guys are in the U.S. Open. So it's, it's kind of a sneaky – I mean, look, top 10 in this field is n- not easy, but it's kind of a sneaky, like, uh, easy way for Max Homa to, to get into the U.S. Open. Okay, well that's a good point. But what is the final field size? It's seventy something, right? It's I mean it's it's a limited field. Yeah, I didn't look at the final number of players. But Seventy-eight, I think. Yeah, it's not very big. I mean, it's it's smaller than the Masters. Yeah. So your point is your point to me is well founded. You can get in here as like a Sean Norris from South Africa all of a sudden, and basically change your year with one big one big week in Memphis, Tennessee. I think Sean Norris is already in the U.S. Open. Oh well. Because we'll, he will we'll strike that from the record. He was then. in the. Uh, I think they changed it to what top top seventy, top eighty in the world rankings, and I think he was like sixty seven or whatever. Okay, well, Scott Stallings then. <laughs> Is he in the field? I, by <laughs> the way, in the field. <laughs> by the way, I tried to pick Harris English this week. How is Harris English not in the field? He's played well this season. I, I I'd have to go through all of the invitation criteria. But, but it is a strange one. I've, I've always found this one hard to sort of fathom by what the field is and who gets in. Uh, but, but you've got to be like winners of certain orders of merit and, and, and you play well in certain events. That, that kind of gets you in, you know, and then obviously world rankings. The side subplot that – this is going to be our third Jordan Spieth reference in the first 10 and a half minutes of the show. You love to see it. You which love is to see like it. We're, we're trying to break a record here. Uh, Jordan Spieth could be – the next guy to complete the career grand slam, he's got to, he's got to crack at it next week. It's well, unbelievable. We, yeah, we always not thinking about this already. Are you? He's oh, thinking about yeah. it a year ago. Yeah, I was. On, no. <laughs> I was thinking about it after Shane Lowry hit made the putt on eighteen at Portrush. Um, <laughs> so we always have this like five month lead in to Rory winning the slam, winning the slam at right. Augusta. And it's all we talk about, and it's not all we talk about, but it's such a huge storyline. The the PGA with Spieth always sneaks up on us. Beth yeah. Page, Bell Reeve, we're always like, oh yeah, Spieth can win the Career Slam this week. Like we, it's almost like we forget it until the week of. And I I understand why the PGA gets a little buried because it's like right after the Masters. Now it's like you know we haven't talked about any major championships, but yeah. I mean, he played in the final pairing uh, on Saturday last year with Kepka. He didn't hit the center of the club face one time, but he played in the final pairing with him. So <laughs> I, I walked with him. It was like, I don't understand how these guys are with, like, in, the same, in the same group right now. Kepka was just flushing everything. So we'll get uh, Spieth trying to complete the career grand slam at the PGA. Rory, obviously, at Augusta. Phil at winged foot. Those are the only three that are live, right? Unless, yeah. unless like Brooks goes and wins two of them in a year or something like if, that. If Brooks wins the Masters, then he'll get the he'll get a chance at the Open. And Rory uh, Rory gets two cracks at this thing in the next six months. Yes, back I mean, to back, right? November and yeah. then April, he'll get them back to back cracks at it. That's gonna help him. You think? I think so. Maybe. I think so. I don't, I, they've played on Mars, and he'd still be in his own head about it. Uh, I rewatched. I rewatched every shot of tigers 2019 masters victory last night there was like a youtube video of it. it was like 18 minutes long it was beautiful uh i completely forgot that tony finau was in that group in that yeah in that, i completely forgot i knew molinari was, was Frankie, there yeah I, I but i just was like oh tony looks awesome and i was like oh i forgot he was even in this group and wasn't the group ahead of them was what brooks poulter and webb that sounds right i know brooks was in there another poulter brooks and was definitely in it yeah I'm pretty sure because I think more importantly, uh, Webb won uh, Rick's Masters simulation during our good <laughs> luck. That's right. <laughs> Two time major champion. Congrats, Webb Simpson. That was just foreshadowing for what this great year was going to be for Webb. It was, it was dead yeah. on. Uh, my storyline actually is kind of in regard to Brooks and this whole thing. And Kyle, you and I have talked about this like the big game hunter thing, where I think that only goes so far when when you win a bunch of majors and and i think wgc's fallen there and i was surprised to see patrick reed's wins are unbelievable like he has eight wins i think let me let me let me guess okay good because i was gonna guess too so i better you than me so doral yeah yep augusta yeah 
Did he win uh, Wyndham? Yeah, he did. His first one in a playoff with Spieth. Yeah. In fact, I was there for radio. There you go. Yeah. Um, Ready 10. Well, he won at Hazeltine. He won the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some, there's uh, Mexico. Yep. The, the last WGC we had. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I might be running out here. All right. So he won. Oh, he, won a, he won. A, he won. Oh, he won a Beth page. Yeah, he won. Yeah. He won two. Okay, so I categorize them this way: two playoff events, two WGCs, the Tournament of Champions, and the Masters are six of his eight victories. That's like, dirty. that's pretty sick. What were the What were the uh, What were the playoff wins? The Barclays in 2016. That was and, the Beth Page. And then Northern Trust last year. And Northern Trust last year. Like. The Northern Trust in 2019. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Okay. Right. At Liberty National. Yeah, and and he just like low key Patrick Reed is a big game hunter, and then he like you know he shows up at Memorial last week, T10 there I think, wins the last WGC that we had. Yeah, should have almost probably should have won the Tournament of Champions again this year. Like he, I don't know what it is, love him or hate him, chip on his shoulder. This guy competes and wins big events, and it never gets talked about. I, I like that. I think that's a good take, and I I think some of it is he's not super consistent. He'll go like six weeks and it'll be like, oh, T53 and a couple missed cuts. And then it, it's it's almost the opposite of like uh, Xander, mm. right? Where Xander will just be like top, like T12, 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 like just <laughs> yeah. every week. And Reed is almost like, okay, six weeks, you don't hear from him, then he'll win and be in a playoff. And then he'll go away. It's, it's kind of, we- it's weird that a, and this gets at some of my take about like I don't know who to trust in the top ten. Like, I, I guess I trust Reed sorta, but like I don't trust DJ or Brooks. Webb missed a cut. Bryson missed a cut. I don't. I don't know, like who I go to is like okay. I'm locked in on this guy. He's gonna have a great week. It is tough. I mean, and then you compare it to uh, Brooks' last three years in majors, which is pretty wild in itself. Uh, four wins, two runners runners up right nice well done thank you a fourth a sixth i mean the guys the guy's unbelievable i don't know if this is a real thing mark where the guys can get themselves up for or peak at different times or it's kind of more random than i want to believe it is uh you know that's a that's a really good question because you know i've been on the coaching side of it with these players preparing for majors and everyone you know in the media will say well we we we, we we're trying to key our game in and make sure we we're peaking for major championships now I, you know, the more I've thought about this, because I've been on the coaching side of it, you can't really guarantee anything. But what you must make sure you're peaking is your, your, your well-being overall. You know, how are you physically? How are you mentally? Are you rested? Are, are you well prepared? And, and it's not necessarily that the guy's coming and hitting, hitting it in all cylinders. And I just sort of go to the Jack Nicholasism where he said in every event, he just wanted to make sure that roll around Saturday morning he had his best stuff was beginning to show up because he wanted to play well over the weekend. So when you get there in majors, you make sure you rested, you make sure you're well prepared. And that's the one thing Reed does well. When he won the masters a couple of years ago, he played, he went there before the time and they charted every green around the golf course. He told me, and they chipped from everywhere. They figured out the best strategy for this place. And that's all he did. So essentially, he peaked himself for this thing. So I think it's more than just hitting the golf ball well leading into majors. I think it's all of the that other stuff, you know. I think for some guys, though, it just depends on the guy, right? Like if, if DJ, I know we have the commercial, like uh, showing DJ is like a, some sort of like mathematical genius on the course. <laughs> but <laughs> if he, if he went to Augusta and, and like, like charted the whole thing, I, I, I just don't think it would go very well. Right. Like I, I think it, I think Mark's point is good, but I think it matters like what kind of guy you are going into some of these events. Don't you think though, because look, the ultimate major, the two greatest major championship golfers of all time, are Nicholas and Woods. And both of them were very cerebral in their approach to playing these tournaments. And don't you think perhaps that someone who with this generational talent, like a Dustin Johnson, if he had to go there, not necessarily him chart the place, but maybe just some guy just say to him, DJ, hit it there. DJ, hit it there. 
and he takes time enough to listen because I've seen it more than once where Austin's checking a yardage and DJ's got the ball airborne already. So, so, <laughs> so that, no joke. that is the best. Yeah. That sounds the, that's like the uh, most I mean, on-brand thing I've ever heard of about Dustin. Yeah, so, uh, it's happened more than once. And then Austin just laughs. He goes, can you believe this guy? Uh, so, so can you imagine if someone like Dustin had to go about this or someone like Rory at Augusta National just to say, do this, hit it there, hit it here, hit it there, be comfortable with this. I know you I know you might feel like the racehorse that's kind of on the bit a little bit, but oftentimes with Secretariat and company, you've got to put the blinders on them and make sure they run the race appropriately. They don't just run fast the entire time, if that makes sense. Totally. I totally agree. But I think, I think what you're getting at is more the genius of Tiger and Nicholas than it is a deficiency elsewhere because I think the genius of Tiger and Nicholas is that they were they were able to compartmentalize that portion of it without losing their minds right like it like Spieth does that he loses his mind Rory does that it can it can go we've seen it go badly and, and I think the brilliance and like we always talk you can talk about the swing you can talk about the longevity the body whatever but the brilliance of Tiger and Nicholas is that they were able to compartmentalize those things so well and and at, at such a high level that it, I I just don't know that guys like there's anybody playing right now that's able to do like is able to think at that level and not like lose their minds or to, or to be able to focus like that throughout a 72 hole event. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the thing. I feel like if some guys tried to do that, it would, it would backfire in a big way. Um, this is the scene the return to the scene of the crime where Brooks and Rory had this uh, kind of epic ish battle last season. This is when, you know, Brooks gets on site, what, 45 minutes in advance, Mark, before he goes out and just uh, steals this thing away from Rory. And I mean, it's been kind of different stories since then uh, for these guys in different directions. But this was uh, one of the more memorable finishes of last season, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I made it a storyline. It may, may sound sort of trite or lazy, but but I was on site on that final round and and we were covering golf and I was getting freaked out about 50 minutes before the final tee time <laughs> and I'm not even playing, all right? And Brooks is still not there and there's a camera trained in the parking area and Rory's hitting balls and you can see Rory on the range looking around the place going, you know, where's Kepka now? And, and, and it, it, was, it was like a tactical ploy. Now Brooks afterwards goes, well, you know, my back was sort of bad. It was real hot. I just did all my loosening up at the hotel and I never bit that many balls anyway. And it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, but but it, it's, it, it was one of the biggest pre-game plays I've ever seen. Now, was it a play or we'll never know. Brooks said it wasn't, but it certainly got into Rory's head some. And everyone was talking about it. And Brooks saunters into the place, doesn't look frazzled or rushed or anything at all. And just goes out there and drops the hammer from the shot number one. He looked dominant, and and to me, it almost it was the start of something for McElroy, because Rory thereafter looked like he just checked it into another gear. And then in the playoffs, played beautifully. He had the big win over Kepka at the Tour Championship, um, and then from there, it's like he just he lifted the game to a different level. So for now, you've got these two guys coming back. They were the final group last year. They're both major championship contenders. They arguably are the two biggest names in the field with respect to Rahm and company. And we're on the doorstep of a major championship. And they're both major championship contenders. So typically, you'll see these guys sort of hopefully playing into some form now leading into you know, the next major events. And... And both of them are kind of, you know, question marks right now. Brooks in the health, Rory just in the consistency. But I, but, but I have some sort of a feeling that maybe this return to, you know, a happy sort of a hunting ground for them, you know, maybe this might just be what they need, you know, as we lead into Harding Park in San Francisco next week. And I'm not discounting uh, Memphis and the World Golf Championships event at all. I think that, uh, I think that weekend pissed Rory off. Mm. like oh, not yeah. not getting beat but just the whole the whole deal he got worked well he did but just just the way by the way it was kind of a uh it was kind of a uh, like the keegan bradley rory match at the 2012 Ryder cup yep. yeah exactly when rory shows up and just <laughs> smokes him he didn't even hit a ball uh 
Yeah, I think I think that's interesting, Mark. I, whenever you texted that, I thought you were talking about Rory and Brooks separately, not as the um, no, the, I'm talking the storyline. Yeah, no, that's it's a good one, and I think it's been interesting. Remember, remember in uh, what was it October when Brooks said uh, like the rearview mirror comment about Rory, uh-huh. and I mean Brooks going to fall out of the top ten. Uh, at some point and and quickly if he doesn't do something over the next you know six to eight months and and, and Rory's played great since then I mean Rory's been lights out for most of the last two years but uh specifically since this WGC he's been he's been really good any any one in China and his start to 2020 was great and I just I don't know the thing that I was thinking about as you were talking I just I don't know that Brooks is like, and this isn't bad. It's just the way it is. I don't know that he's a grinder. Like I don't know if he wants to like grind stuff out. I think Rory is kind of a low key grinder in some ways. I mean, he's definitely a front runner in that if he gets out in front, it's over. That's a wrap. But I think he will grind in ways that some other superstars won't or don't want to. And I think that's I don't know. I think that's a very uh, endearing quality as a as a high level golfer. I like your point. There, um, I think for a while, Rory was kind of like filling away. You know, you just let it go. And if it goes, it's great. If it doesn't, well, whatever, we'll tear it up next week. Yeah. But it appears to me after watching Rory pretty closely of late, to your comments, it's like he's taken a leaf out of Tiger Woods' book because the ultimate grinder is Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. I don't care yeah. what anyone says. For I mean, sure. that guy, when Tiger Woods signs a scorecard, it's the lowest score he could have shot on the day. Yeah. And there were many situations where, where I've called Rory for whatever and and you can say, well, he left shot out there and left that shot out there. But he's built that element of grind to him. I'm just keen. I think Brooks right now, and this is just me opining. I think he's he's got a little scar tissue right now. And I think it's got him just pissed off enough. He's going to come in here with a little bit of that red rear end about him. And he's going to be like, okay, it's time to assert myself. Because he was the ultimate, I'm asserting myself over everyone mentally and physically. And I'm looking for that sort of stuff to now start showing up because we're in the stretch run. It's a World Golf Championships event. This is the scene of the crime from last year. So he's coming back here. Who knows where the game and the health is? But now I want to see Brooks, that mental, that, that acumen that he has, you know, where he just like, I'm, you discounted. You don't, you don't exist in my world. And I'm going to beat you by hook or by crook. And, and I'm keen to see then how that works with McElroy and company. What, what's your take on this, Rick? Um, I... I, I okay, so I kind of feel really strongly about the the world golf ranking thing that you mentioned, which is like Bre- Brooks Kepka is like four months away from his from his uh, like OWGR like dropping in a big way. He's gonna be and, ranked like fortieth. Yeah, like all those all those first place finishes from two years ago are they're they're about to be gone. Yeah, and. Rory, even though like in their really short term, like neither of them have been as good as we want them to be. Obviously, Rory in the last 12 months has been absolutely uh, phenomenal. And and I think Brooks plays a lot of this character, which I think he's trying to convince himself he doesn't care about a lot of things or that he only cares about major championships or whatever it is. And it only works if you continue to win major championships, which is a really dangerous game to play. I... uh... I heard from somebody that uh, so their final round at the Tour Championship that uh, the amount of money that was on the table might have might have gotten to Brooks a little bit. Really? Yeah. 50, Fifteen mils not to be scuffed at. No, it. no, it's not. But it's. I think. I think. Yeah, I don't blame him for that. I think. Uh, I think. I think Rory is on a different level when it comes to stuff like that than. Uh, than even somebody like Brooks. He's just, he's done it for so long. He's seen everything in the world. I mean, it, it, it's, I think there's something to be said for his maturity when it comes to just the sport a, as a whole, where Brooks has a little bit of growing to do in that. Well, what did, what did Rory sign with Nike for? Was 240 million or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Was that ever public? You might've yeah, just was... told you that, Mark. <laughs> No, 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 you're the one with your cell phone number. You can find that. <laughs> Text no, it, and ask him. We'll wait, Kyle. We'll wait here. It was it was a hefty it was a hefty amount, man. So so I mean it's it's uh, yeah. I don't I, Rory, money doesn't drive Rory. Well, money doesn't drive a lot of these guys. But you're right. When 15 millions on a line, certain folks 
to use Michael Jordan's term, they have their number, you know. Yeah. And, and then things tighten up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. We're going to do matchup picks. We are going to do expert picks. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. And joining us, now going four wide. Look at this celebrity appearance. It's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm the celebrity in the group, but hey, happy to join. Uh, Thank you guys for hanging on for the second half. Do we have to rework your contract to get you for both halves of the pot? Or like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, we may have to go back to negotiation. Uh, oh, I am with that. Back to the drawing board. Uh, we have been taking questions, guys, from the Apple Podcast Review section. This is win-win. If you want us to answer something, whether it's golf-related, betting-related, DFS-related, whatever you want, throw it in the Apple Podcast Review. We've been going through them and answering them as much as possible. And the one that I have for today is from Bracketologist3. He's probably a little upset he missed missed out on March Madness this year, but he's got questions about the PGA Championship, essentially letting us know the PGA Championship is rapidly approaching and some of the early odds are out. That's true. And he wanted to see if we had any players that we liked going into the event before the odds change. Greg, this is actually a pretty good point because – what kind of happens at the PGA champ or at the at the WGC this week is going to impact odds for the PGA Championship next week. So if there is kind of a guy you have sights on, you might want to grab him a little earlier rather than later. Yeah, it's absolutely a good point. And now there's a kind of a caveat to that. The odds are going to change for a reason, right? Somebody's likely going to be playing a little bit better. We'll have a better idea of where everybody's game is. So uh, there's definitely kind of that caveat. But there are definitely a couple guys you can get for some some pretty good odds. Like, I mean, what do you guys think about Jordan Spieth's odds? Do you think they're going to go (laughs) up or down? And I'm not sure if we have to time. I'm sure we don't. We're not time. We've already yet. Well, we've already hit him three times. Uh, yeah, I, I that, that, yeah, that was. We were inside the first ninety All seconds. Right. So you guys, can, you guys, can, <laughs> you can keep it brief. But he's at what thirty-three to one uh, plus thirty-three hundred. What do you guys think? I, do you think that goes up or down? Down. Can can I jump in here with something? And I I would almost be inclined to say because the one thing about Harding Park that 
I know for certain is you better drive it. Yeah. Cause it's going to be penal if you miss yeah. fairways over there. So I w I would almost say to bracketologist, I'm like, hang tight, watch the, watch some PGA tour live or whatever of the feature groups and see who's driving it the best Thursday and watch who looks comfortable with a driver because a number of the holes there at Southwind, they move either a little right to left or left to right. They narrow the ball runs through fairways easy. There's some crosswinds. So it'll give you a good beat on where the guy is off the tee because I feel like that is going to be a huge part of the examination this week and definitely into the PGA. What I would say to bracketologist is that Jordan Spieth's odds probably only move if he wins the golf tournament this week. And, and I like the idea of keeping an eye out Thursday, keeping an eye out Friday, and trying to find a couple of golfers. Kyle, we talked about this a little bit. I have a Sung JM ticket for the PGA Championship at 140 to 1, which I wish I could have cashed out um, maybe after the Honda because things haven't been so good recently. Yeah, you should have been able to like hedge it by shorting him at the yeah. like for the PGA. <laughs> that, that would be incredible. I've got uh, three guys real quick that I think their odds could change. Uh, JT is at twelve at the PGA right now. I think it, that gets down to like ten because uh, I think he's going to play great uh, at Memphis. Uh, uh, Webb's at twenty eight. I think that's at least twenty five by the PGA. Yeah, because of what Mark said about driving it. I mean, the rough at Harding Park, you played it, Mark. What, what was that, like three months ago, four months ago? It was right after Pebble Beach, and then it was – it's dense. It's, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, there weren't spotters out there. I think I lost like three balls off tees or fairways there because – and the holes move in multiple directions. So you can't just fit like one ball flight in there. You've got to be able to move the thing in two directions, which is why someone like a Woodland did well there in the match play. Rory beat Woodland in the final. I mean, you've got to drive the thing around that place. And so I, I would be paying attention. But to that's that. almost like the thing where, not to get into PGA stuff, but it's going to be to somebody like Bryson's advantage because he's so long that it almost, like everybody's going to find the rough, right? And if he's hitting a sand wedge out of the rough instead of a four iron, like, a, I don't know, uh, Scott Stallings, is he in the field? Uh, then it's just, it's going to be so advantageous to him to be that long. The other guy, so what's uh, Bryson's odds then? He, I, I think he'd be a good pick. Bryson's Bryson is, the favorite. He's yeah, he's BGM. ten, ten to yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the other one was Jason Day. I think, and these are guys that I just kind of like in Memphis. Uh, obviously, former major winner. He's fifty at uh, Harding Park right now. I think that gets down. I think he's going to play well in Memphis. I think that gets down to like forty or forty-five. Mark, you mentioned what it's going to take. You mentioned Gary Woodland. That's why he found success. Is there a guy that you're looking towards for the PGA Championship? Uh, yeah, Rory. Yeah. Um, we, we, we had a little Zoom call, our crew, the other day, and we were asked for picks, and, and Dottie tossed out Cantley, and, and, and he was a popular sort of a guy. You know the Californians on Poanio Greens. But I made my, my case for McElroy not being the best on Poanio Greens. But I'm just I'm gravitating to ball striking there at Harding Park, and and it's going to be cooler. I mean, when we last looked, the temperature was going to be like mid 60s, and it's that damp cold because you're right next to the bay there, and that's like a built-in air con conditioner. So you're looking for guys with limber backs who drive the golf ball well, who can sort of slog it out there a little bit and move it off the tee too. To Carl's point, because you know if you're playing, if you're hitting medium irons out that rough all day long, you're going to have a tough go. Over. You're screwed. Yeah. Um, are are the so Rick and I were texting about this today? Real, real. Uh, <laughs> this is so nerdy. Don't yeah, tell I, people I, this. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't. That's not the way I should have framed it. But we were texting about are the greens not? Didn't did they not? And you played it, so you would know, Mark. But are, did they not switch them to bent grass? Um, I believe they. I don't know, Kyle. I, my memory fails me now. But I just remember they were small. Okay. I, I, I looked at these things and they perched up. They're well bunkered. They, they definitely are well guarded, but they're not very big at all. Okay. So, so again, you had, you had that. I, I can't see them being firm, so they'll be receptive. Um, but no, I can't recall. I, I, I just think of the West Coast and Poe. That, that's, that's what I do too. And I, I was trying to find it and I could, I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out next week. But yeah, there, was, there was an article. I'll let you know Tuesday morning. There you go. That, yeah, there was an article that said they, they made the switch from Poana to Benton in, in like 2013, but I don't, I don't. But then I found another one that said it's like a mic. I, I, yeah. Well, give we'll us, wait, so. text us on Tuesday. <laughs> if, you're at a if you're in a maritime climate, 
pioneers are given. Yeah. I don't care how yeah. well you look after the greens and stuff, and they may be done with bent, but just give them a little bit, and there'll be some pioneer all over the show. I just, and it starts I want, growing. And all. I want the Chambers Bay greens back. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you're on smooth surfaces and there's just a little bit of Poe dotted into certain areas, that that's when it gets silly. You know, oh, yeah. If, if oh, it's yeah. all Poe, then, then you can sort of say, okay, well, uh, everyone's going to miss putts. Yeah. But you might be that one guy that's got the one sprout there in the middle of your putt from five feet on Sunday afternoon and you can't do anything about it. No amount of tapping down can help that thing. No. So I, I, I think I got my guy real quick. Just sure. before, because I just threw out a question there. So I think Tyrrell Hatton at fifty to one is like a, like a you got to get in on him in yes. cold weather. He's an English guy. He's he's used to wearing the 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 beanie out there. So I, I think Hatton is like a, like a definite early pick. Get in at fifty. I think Hatton's going to be too much of like a bandwagon sleep. Like everybody's going to be on him, and then he's going to like miss the cut or whatever. Cal, if he wins, you've got to your your lead's got to be you can leave your hat on. <laughs> there you go. Start right now. You heard it here first. Uh, yeah. Matchup picks, which uh, I don't remember who won last week. It was either me or Mark. There was a dispute, or me or Kyle. No, I wasn't in. Me or Kyle, maybe there was a dispute of who if we had to count right or not. Uh, but let's jump in. Oh, I won. Oh, even better. Okay, so I <laughs> have the belt. Thank you very much, uh, Greg. We'll start with you. Our first matchup, courtesy of our pals over at William Hill, is Brooks Kepka plus one ten versus Webb Simpson, a pretty formidable favorite in a matchup at minus one thirty eight. Yeah, normally you wouldn't like Webb Simpson favored this heavily against Brooks Kepka, but in this case, I do. I, I think uh, Webb's game is in much better form, despite what happened at, uh, at the Memorial. And I think this is going to be a great week for Webb. I'd put him up uh, against just about anybody. Mark Immelman. Webb. I'll also take Webb. Kyle, you can make it a clean sweep. No, I'll go Kepka just to go against you guys. It's a good number, too. Uh, it is definitely a good number. I just don't, I mean, we talk about the trust level KP. I, I Kepka might be the guy I trust the least at the moment. Oh, for sure. Me too. But I just, I, I don't do well when I go with the crowd. So I might as well go against it. <laughs> why, why are we concerned with the number when the only concern is the belt? No, you get, don't you get units? That breaks, it breaks the tie, right? Yeah. It breaks the tie. So if oh, okay. it's but, a tie, well, we, and it helps we, the listeners. I mean, the listeners don't have a belt going on. So you know, it Ignorance helps them. Is bliss, I guess. They might. We'll send them a belt. That's what we should do. Traveling I'm still belt. No, for Jacob's shaking his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> he nicks that idea five seconds later. Uh, all right. Justin Thomas minus 125 versus Bryson DeChambeau. This one is very difficult for me. I love both of these guys. I'm going to take Bryson because I want to see him bomb around. I want to root for that. Greg. Bryson's course history isn't great here, but this is a totally new Bryson. So I'm, I'm not sure what to do with him here, but I'm going to go JT. I'm really confident in his game this week. KP. Yeah, JT. He's my pick to win. Spoiler. I, I just, I think he's been maybe, I think, I mean, honestly, these are probably the two best guys since we've been back, like since the PGA tour restarted. And so this is, <laughs> this one's difficult. I just, I don't know. I, I think I trust JT's game more. Mark, you've switched to the rally hat. It must be getting serious. Oh, I got to so. get serious now. <laughs> rally get get some, he's, he's, he's lighting up the belt. <laughs> hey, um, you know, this is a difficult one for me, but I'm going Justin Thomas. I, I think there's, I think there's an element of disappointment with him. That's still uh, rampant from the, the, the misstep a few weeks ago at uh, Dublin in Dublin. So uh, I think JT this week. Okay, Mark, we're going to stay right here with you for the next one, which is John Rahm, who's minus 125, new number one player in the world, versus Rory McIlroy, even money. That's a, that's a heavyweight bout. Rory's my pick to win. I, I love where John Rahm's game is right now. I, I got to watch him a little bit the Tuesday practice round before Memorial, and we chatted, and this dude was hitting shots around the greens that made my eyes pop out. Yeah. And I was like, Wow. And, and he had full command of the golf swing. And most importantly, he just looked like everything was right in his world. You know, there was no, not petulance, that's not the word, but he just looked comfortable. 
So I love where his game is, but I'm going for Rory. I think it's time. The stat that I threw out earlier in the week is that in 12 of Rory McIlroy's last 13 WGC events, he has finished 11th or better, including two wins. When you guarantee a guy like this four rounds, he finds his way to the top. Give me Rory McIlroy. KP? I'll take Rory. I think Rom's a little overvalued just because he became uh, number one in the world. That's probably true. Greg? I think the value is earned, um, and I, I trust Rory on the greens more than I trust Rom. So I'm going to go Rom here. All right, you trust you trust Rory on the greens more. You trust than, Rory, but you're no, going I Rom. Trust, I trust Rom on the greens. I'm sorry, okay. I, I misspoke. Okay. If I said yeah. So Greg is the only Rom on that one. Greg will stay here with you. Dustin Johnson and Hideki Matsuyama, both of them are minus one ten. Plenty of question marks in this pairing. Limited trust with both of these guys. <laughs> Extremely limited. I'm going to go DJ. Just I think there's the there's the chance that he he still has a, a winning chance. I think he can win this week. It's highly unlikely, but I don't think Hideki has what it takes to win this week. I do think DJ can win kind of in spite of himself. So I'll, I'll go DJ. But man, this is a tough one. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You know it's good when DJ, it just starts with a chuckle <laughs> when yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Greg. DJ can win in spite of himself. Have yeah. you seen that disinterested he looks? How, right isn't now? that how he always wins? Is <laughs> yeah. in spite of himself? Yeah, I know. No. Well, he win. He looks disinterested when he wins too. So I, I, I think that's just kind of who he is. But hey, small greens at Southwind. You got to hit good iron clubs in there. I'm going with the decky. KP. I'm, I don't know what to do. So can I'll I pick last. somebody? Can I pick like a third party? Like a, like a, <laughs> who, would, who would your third party be? <laughs> Run ball. <laughs> Anybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hideki. Uh, Hideki is, he's been like historically bad putting, which I guess you That's could say is a good thing. I'll, I'll go Hideki. DJ is like, I have no, I, I don't know what I'm getting. To, to Mark's point, these are the third smallest screens on tour. Behind, anyone? Anyone? Harbortown. And? Hilton Head. And what's the other? Uh, Colonial. Colonial. No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh -uh. Uh, wait, wait a second. Give me, give Pebble. me a minute. Pebble. Pebble, yes. Ooh, that's good. Good, Pebble, Harbortown, good and Southwind. Um, Hideki is actually very good around the greens as well. So if he does miss... Uh, Miss those small greens, he'll be fine, but he cannot putt to save his life. I'll take Decky. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, babe. can I drop the anchor here for a minute? Please. You strokes gain guys got to help me with this. Sure. Hideki is good strokes gain around the green. Right. But the last time I checked, to up and down, you've got to hit a good pitch shot and a good putt. But he's not a good putter. So how does, uh, how does this work? Because he hits, his, he hits his chips closer than everyone else and misses the putts from where... <laughs> guys make them from that's so exactly takes, how it works so, so, so basically he takes three from greenside right yeah essentially yeah and he cool. misses he misses three, the three, three and from greenside's not good <laughs> yeah first yeah, in stroke skin around the green last in scrambling oh, hideki is currently losing half a stroke around uh on like with his putter which is his worst number ever ever and hideki. he's always been bad yeah He's always like right around average, a little above, a little below. Um, but for a, a player of his caliber, it's not good. He has so three he or has four of us up, pick him. He has hooked <laughs> yeah. up with an instructor for the first time in his career. He's is, working with Hiroshi Wada. Is it you? <laughs> no, not me. It's Hiroshi Wada. And they're using some training aid I saw on the green. Good. And so, that, so, so he's, because he's never taken lessons before. So, so obviously he's identified something. It's great. I love it. I'm, I'm more impressed that he's never taken lessons than has gotten this far because uh, that's unbelievable. Uh, Patrick Reed minus 118 versus Tony Finau minus 105. I mentioned the Reed big game hunter thing. I think he can pop up in any field, any tournament. He is not afraid to win. I'll take Patrick Reed. Greg will take Patrick Reed as well. He's excellent in par four scoring. I think he's eighth in par four scoring, which I think is going to be pretty important this week. Uh, and he's got a wonderful short game, great putter. So and I also, he's playing with Brooks, I believe. And I think that's going to kind of spur him on a little bit. He's going to want to show the world how good he is again. Maybe he gets a little chip back on his shoulder. Uh, KP. I love Greg's stats. 
Number eight in par four scoring. That's Greg, a, that's an unbelievable. Are, show us your show us your cheat sheets. These are all written down, right? Like on like note cards somewhere. Uh, well, I'm see, I'm kind of upgrading. I've been a little more mobile these days, so I've gotten right. away from pen and paper. I'm into the Google Docs. I'm happy to share it with you. If you that's want. good. It's good for the environment. As well. yeah. <laughs> I'm into the Google Docs. No free ads there, Greg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for Google, which no one has ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going with uh, Cap. You know is. Finau frustrates me. Like I just, I'm frustrated. But I'm gonna pick him again. I, I don't. He's playing great golf. We, we, I think sometimes, and Rick and I have talked about this. You play well and you don't win, and we somehow think that's a bad thing, and it's not. It's a good thing. I'll, I'll go with Tony Finau. Mark, you can make it a split of Finau's and Reed, or you can go with Patrick Reed. What would you like to do? Um, I'm going to use Greg's despite himself observation and say that Tony <laughs> Finau can shoot 67 around that place despite himself. So I, I'm going with Finau, yeah. Xander Shoffley, who three of his four wins, I believe, are no-cut wins, no-cut events. I'll take Xander. He's going up against Patrick Cantlay at even money. Mark, what say you? This is this is probably the one of the bunch that I struggle with the most for various reasons. So I'm just flipping a coin here and and can't lay. Uh, KP. Uh, yeah, this one's hard. They're kind of the same, right? I, I, I Xander was like the best guy over the last three days at Memorial. Oh yeah, he made the cut on the number and then went ham. He shot like 78 on the first day, yeah. and then just was awesome. I mean, that's sort of what he does a little bit though. Um, I'll go Xander. Monday, Matt Kucha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Greg, I don't think we got yours. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to just take the money here. Cause I think I'm with you guys. I think this is like, these are basically the same player. It's hard to differentiate them when you look at them on paper. So I'm going to go can't lay just cause uh, you know, I think even money's a little better than 125. Am I right about that? Minus 125. Yes. Yeah. So I'll you take are. the, I'll take the money and go can't lay. All right, rapid fire. Friend of the pod, Colin Morikawa, minus 110 versus Victor Hovland, minus 110. Greg? Morikawa, a little better around the greens. I'll take Victor Hovland. Mark? I'm going against my grain here, and I'll go with Hovland. KP? Yeah, I'm Hovland. I like watching Morikawa better, but Hovland from TD Green's just been awesome. These two guys are unbelievable. Love them. Uh, Ricky Fowler, minus 110 versus Gary Woodland, KP. Uh, Woodland Fowler is just uh, – talk about guys you, you can't trust right now. He has not been very good. Mark. I'm going to go with Woodland. Greg. Uh, I'm going to go Woodland. Oh, wow. I'll take Ricky Fowler. I'll try to there make up go. a win here. Yeah, there we go. Come on. He's had, you know, had the week off last week. Maybe everything clicked for him. Here's one that makes me sad. Uh, Sung JM minus 105 versus Mark Leishman minus 18. I still have been Sung Jay. It's been bad. The irons have been terrible. I he gets the rare week off. I think he hopefully figured something out. Greg, what say you? I agree. He has to figure something out. This is a hard one, Sung Jay. Mark. I'm going with Leishman just because the guy's attitude is so cool. He was playing desperately in the final round there at the memorial and i said to him how are you going man he goes all good i'm just playing bad <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to so put i'm it. going with leishman just because of his attitude <laughs> that's a yeah that's a big purse attitude um <laughs> leishman leishman finished i think third here last year third or fourth uh at uh this wgc last year i'll go with i'll go with leishman Matthew Fitzpatrick minus one twenty five versus Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, I, I I don't really understand the love for Matthew Fitzpatrick. He is being very highly regarded uh, on all sports books around the industry this 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 week. I don't really get it. I'm taking Tommy Fleetwood with the a couple extra reps in PGA Tour conditions. Give me Fleetwood, Greg. I have a feeling you are going the opposite direction. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Fitzpatrick here. I think it's a course that fits him well. Nice finish last year. I think tied fourth, I believe. And um, I, I think all that hype is is um, for good reason. Mark. Look, Fleetwood's attractive, but I'm going to go with Fitzpatrick here. There's, there's just a grit about him that, 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 is, that I find impressive, and you're going to need some of that this week. Kyle. Fleetwood. Fitzpatrick's putting numbers are way, way too high. How about two of like my 
favorite guys for this week. Terrell Hatton minus 105 versus Daniel Berger, king of TPC Southwind at minus 118. Mark, we'll start with you. Berger. Greg. Berger, another tough one. I'm going to save Hatton for next week. Oh, spoiler alert for next week. Uh, Kyle. Uh, Hatton has, or excuse me, Berger's been doing it. Uh, He's another guy who's been putting it a little bit too well. I'll go with uh, Terrell Hatton. He's been maybe kind of the most underrated, consistent guy on tour. Okay, real quick. Like, Hatton's numbers, like his strokes gain numbers are going to be historic for a season if he continues this. Like, I don't know if that's real or not, but it's unbelievable. He's been very good. He hasn't finished outside the top 14 this year. It, he hasn't finished unreal. outside the top. He's only played like five times. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like worldwide, well, he, he hasn't played, finished outside yeah. the top 20 in like, I mean, probably two years because it's eight starts or whatever. But um, I'll take Hatton. Yeah. I want that. I want that headline this week. Uh, so am I the lone guy there going against the green? No, I'm no, with you. you I'm with you. Uh, I thought I was lone wolf. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jacob, clip that. We'll use that. Uh, okay. You can win $1,000, gentlemen, this week with no need to put any of your own money at stake. Just go to cbssports.com slash golf props to play. There is a full tournament game. So check out the link in the description. Easy peasy. The question for this tournament long game is what continent will the winner be from? So let's refresh our uh, geography here gentlemen uh the options are north america okay three countries there europe or asia or the rest of the world greg we'll start with you so i guess you're gonna have to tell us who you think the winner is gonna be well i'll tell you that i'll tell you that a little bit later we'll start with uh we'll start with north america here right oh okay north america well then that means i'm gonna go with europe based on who my winner is mark I'm following your lead, boss. My, my, my winner comes from Northern Ireland, which is part of Europe. I, I know is a guy from Northern great Ireland. Great geography. Kyle. Uh, I'm going, so top two in the world are not from North America. The next nine in this tournament uh, are from North America. So I like the North America odds uh, and my winners from there also. All right, let's just jump right into the winner then. We'll do our sleeper. We'll do our top 10, but we've already kind of alluded to this. I'm taking Rory McIlroy. You cannot hold this guy down. Mark, who are you taking? Please, I know who it is. Back me up here. Rory. (laughs) Rory McIlroy. Greg. I'm going Patrick Reed here. I love that. Uh, Yeah. Patrick Reed's 35 to 1. Greg, you are you are taking a 35 to 1 pick to win. Uh, I appreciate that. And I like Patrick Reed this week. Look, I mean, you got to choose the guy that you think is going to win the tournament. I think he's I think he's your guy this week. Remember that par four scoring average, which you guys don't go. You guys don't always go deep enough with the strokes gain stuff. So <laughs> what did you what did you what did you quote? I par definitely four scoring don't. Average? <laughs> par four scoring average. Uh, KP. I, I love it. Greg coming out our stats. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> I've got JT. I think him and I think him and Morikawa are the best iron players in the world. I think that we, because he didn't win Workday, we sort of don't like credit him for it um, for whatever reason. Even though they finished with the same score there, mm-hmm. I think he's. I think I think the next. 12 months are huge for him. And I think that this two week stretch so huge for your bet too, brother. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's going to get this, 25. That bet? This is, <laughs> did I tell you guys what my, I texted you guys what my wife said. I'll just yeah. say it on here. She, we were hanging out one night and I told her about it and she was like, did you, did you say that publicly? And, uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's on a, it's on a podcast. She's like, listen, she's like, people have like framed stuff badly for you. Like the Memphis thing or whatever. <laughs> But that one's on you because that's horrible. That's really bad. <laughs> she goes, are you drunk? <laughs> yeah. She was like, how much How much wine have you had? I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. This, this is what the numbers say. Uh, I love JT this week. Top 10 locks. Kyle, we'll start, stay with you here. Who is your top 10 lock for the WGC FedEx St. Jude? I, I like Rom. Uh, he opened with 62 here last year. Uh, right after the open, he finished seventh. He, I, I like that he's been gradually getting better since the restart. He hasn't been up and down. It's been a consistent rise. And Muirfield Village was a masterpiece. I mean, that was an unbelievable performance. And I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that just falls off right after something like that. I think, I think he keeps the momentum up. 
Mark Immelman, your top 10 lock is? Uh, Ram's a good call, but um, you go to Memphis for ribs, right? Well, I'm going with burger. <laughs> uh, I love a good pun from Mark. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nick Faldo you tried much. to do a uh, Grillo uh, oh, Wheat Vies burger <laughs> on air, and everyone on Twitter was like, what did he just say? Yeah, not, Frank, <laughs> Frank Nabilo was like, yeah, you're cooked. <laughs> but he, he, he was like kind of joking, kind of not. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Greg, your top 10 lock. Webb Simpson, I think he's very comfortable on this kind of grass, on the Bermuda grass. Uh, he's from not too far away in North Carolina there, and I, I think he's playing a lot better than what the Memorial kind of showed. I, I just don't think that was a good fit. This week, I think it is a good fit. And, you know, iron play, short game, putting, he, the guy's just so good everywhere uh, outside of distance, which really isn't that bad. So I'm going to go Webb Simpson. Okay, I'm taking your winner, and I'm using him as my top 10. So I'm going to take Patrick Reed. He, he won our last WGC. He always shows up in big-time events. I'll take him. And, Greg, we'll stay with you here because your sleeper last week, Richie Warinsky, uh, was great. We'll, we'll give you credit for that one. It worked out. For sure. So, so now tell us who your sleeper for this week is. Looking back into the crystal ball again, sleeper <laughs> this week, uh, Kevin Kisner. I think Kevin Kisner is a guy, when you look down at the odds, you get down to a guy who's 100 to 1. He has win equity. He's a guy that's going to grit his teeth. He's going to play to win. He's going to compete. He's great on the greens, great around the greens. Um, and, and I really, again, another guy from the south, I think he's comfortable on the grass comfortable with the golf course kevin kisner kyle porter your sleeper is who it's jason day real quick on kisner i i love that greg because you talk about the win equity thing would you rather have kisner at 100 or Finau at like 35 this yeah. is this is this the comp that rick and i were talking about at the end or i think it was on saturday night last week it's like kisner wins you know i, I actually like kisner next week at the pga i think he's really interesting there but uh, I like Jason Day. A uh, couple of top 15s at Mirfield Village. Uh, he's not. He's not just doing it with the putter. Remember when he was number one in the in the world in the world, and it was like he was the number one putter on tour for like three straight years, which was insane. Yeah. But he's hit. He's hitting the ball a lot better than he has in a while, I think. And he's somebody that if he gets up there, like if he's with Rom on Sunday afternoon, he won't. It. He's not. He's been there. Like he's done it. He won't be. He won't melt down, anything like that. So 40 to 1. I'd like it to be 50, but I like him at 40. Mark, your sleeper is a young gun. Who is it? Yeah, from a lot farther south than Kevin Kisner. I mean, we're from <laughs> South America here. Uh, I just like Jacko Neiman. I mean, plays hard golf course as well. Um, got a bunch of gumption about him. And 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 I have, I have a sense that leading into a major championship, you know, he's shown up on the big stage a little bit before. I feel like he plays well this week. My sleeper is Billy Horschel, who, okay, so Greg and I talked about this on Tuesday where I like my guys who grind, especially in four-round events. Like, Billy Horschel acts like every shot that he hits is the 72nd hole at Augusta National, and he treat, and I mean, Jordan Spieth does the same thing. Like, guys grind, so I feel like if I get a guaranteed four rounds out of him, I like that situation. He went 7th and 13th at the two events at Mirfield Village, which might be, like, the best combined finish of anybody over those two events. I off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else. Um, and he had a top 10 at Mexico, uh, top 10 here last year. Like give me, give me Billy Horschel at 45 to one. I was going to bring up Mexico cause he, he popped up at the very end and he was within like one. And I was like, Billy, Billy Horschel's involved. <laughs> this is crazy. I think he shot like a 64 on Sunday or something. So I, I like that one. All right, Kyle, your best bet of the week i believe is a matchup am i understanding that correctly yeah i still don't really understand this best best bets thing like i <laughs> i don't i don't know if i'm supposed to just make something up or if i'm supposed to pull something real i i do like doing the uh the exacta thing is that what it's called so you do you do like the one of these guys one of these two guys wins the golf tournament and it gives you like slightly shorter odds or whatever uh but the exacta would be you pick each of like whoever finishes first and second exactly, which gives you much longer odds. So two different things. Yeah. What, what, what Rick <laughs> said there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rory over Rom. I, uh, I basically just pulled one of our matchups and, and put it down here. I think that, I think both have a great week. 
And again, I, I go back to, I think Rom's just a little, I think he's just overvalued right now, even though he's playing great. And I think we'll continue to play great. Greg, your best bet is also a matchup. Uh, I, and I like to kind of, I like to pick on a guy here. I like to take a, like Ricky Fowler. I'm not really confident with him. And, you know, of course you can make it your words, but I, I think uh, Gary Woodland is in really good form and I like him over Ricky Fowler. I also t- took the pick on someone opportunity and picked on Matthew Fitzpatrick with a matchup uh, with Terrell Hatton. So I'll take Hatton over Fitzpatrick for my best bet. Although I like the idea of just making something up and having that be our best bet. Maybe we'll do that moving forward. Mark, your best bet is? I uh, thought I was making something up a few weeks ago when you asked me this. And I said, I'll take Christian Besaidenot does the low, low South African. And it worked out. Yeah, And it was, a real, actually, and it was a real bet you could have made. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I looked at the odds. And this week, there's four South Africans. So being former South African, Karawai, whatever I am. I'm going to go King Louis as the low South African in the King's Place. There you go. The other South Africans are Besaidenhut. Yes. Eric Fun. Hold on. Royan. I'm going to get this right. Royan. And Sean yeah. Norris. Those are the other three. Four total, right? So I'm, I'm going with King Louie. There you go. King Louie, top South African player, two to one. Gentlemen, thank you as always. That is your WGC FedEx St. Jude Storylines picks, sleepers. You can follow Kyle Porter on Twitter, at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow Mark Immelman, at Mark underscore Immelman. You can follow Greg Ducharme, at the real GFD. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.